Scary. They are rather scary. Are they? Yeah. What else are they like? Uh, yeah? Fierce. 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 Yeah, it's a good word. I like that. Fiery. Um, do you mean like the Florida dragon or anything? Uh, okay, let's go for scary dragons. Okay, I would think mythical. Mythical. What a word. Yeah, I don't know. Mythical. Three syllables there. That's. Yeah, you got one. Yeah, there's this uh, dragon called Zagan. Uh, he, he's quite nice. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> he's a nice dragon. Yeah. Okay, there may be some nice ones around. Yeah. What about the mythical dragons? What are they like? Yeah? Um, there's like a Chinese dragon. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it like it doesn't have any wings. It could like just fly by itself, mm. and it's basically like a worm. Yeah. Mm. Like, a, like a flying worm. Like a flying worm. <laughs> <laughs> like a, worm. Yes. There's a mythical dragon. One of my favorite movies called Dragon Heart. Oh, yeah. And, uh, it's like a parable because that dragon donates part of his heart to for the king to survive, but then he's sort of intimately connected with him. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I have seen it a while ago, but I need to go watch that again. A self-sacrificial dragon. Yeah. That's like what But dragons Dragons traditionally are hot. Smoky, fiery, scary, fly, fly. Um, uh, what about some famous dragons? Oh, yeah, dragons there. Okay, yes, that's true. King Arthur. St. George and the Dragon. St. George and the Dragon. Uh, Barry and Kate said the dragon from Shrek. Okay. <laughs> the Shrek dragon. Smell. Yes? Um, the dragon the toothless from yeah. the Dragon. And the Dragon. Those are good movies. Those are great movies. Yeah, and the hobbits, right? The smiley, the scary dragon there is there. Trying to keep all of his what what was he hoarding? Mm, yeah, more than just that. Treasure. Treasure. Gold. I mean all kinds of treasure. Like piles, mountains of it. Mountains of it. And this is my central point today, which is that we all face dragons, but where the dragon is, is where the treasure is. But you've got to deal with your dragon. So I have a story here. The story is, there's no such thing as a dragon, by Jack Kent. So, let's read our story. There is no such thing as a dragon, apparently. Wow. Let's see what happens in this story. Billy Bixby was rather surprised when he woke up one morning and found a dragon in his room. It was a small dragon, about the size of a kitten. The dragon wagged, <coughs> wagged its tail happily when Billy patted its head. Billy went downstairs to tell his mother. There's no such thing as a dragon, said Billy's mother. And she said like she meant it. <coughs> Billy went back to his room and began to dress. The dragon came close to Billy and wagged its tail. But 
Billy didn't pat it. If there's no such thing as something, it's silly to pat it on the head. <laughs> Billy washed his face <coughs> and hands and went down to breakfast. The dragon went along. It was bigger now, almost the size of a dog. Billy sat down at the table. The dragon sat down on the table. <coughs> this sort of thing was not usually permitted. But there wasn't much that Billy's mother could do about it. She had already said there was no such thing as a dragon, and if there's no such thing, you can't tell it to get down off the table. <laughs> mother made some pancakes for Billy, but the dragon ate them all. <laughs> Mother made some more, but the dragon ate those too. Mother kept making pancakes until the, she ran out of batter. Billy only got one of them. He said, he said that was all he really wanted anyway. Billy went upstairs to brush his teeth. Mother started clearing the table. The dragon, who was quite as big as mother by now, made himself comfortable on the hall rug and went to sleep. By the time Billy came back downstairs, the dragon had grown so much that he filled the hall. Billy had to go around by way of the living room to get to where his mother was. I didn't know dragons grew so fast, said Billy. There's no such thing as a dragon, said his mother, <laughs> firmly. <laughs> Cleaning downstairs took mother all morning, what with the dragon in the way, and having to climb in and out of the windows to get from room to room. By noon, the dragon filled the house. Its head hung out the front door, its tail hung out the back door, and there wasn't a room in the house that didn't have some part of the dragon in it. When the dragon awoke from his nap, he was hungry. <coughs> a bakery lorry went by. The smell of fresh bread was more than the dragon could resist. The dragon ran down the street after the bakery truck. The house went along, <laughs> like the shell on a snake. The postman, the postman was just coming up the path with some posts for the Bixby's when their house rushed past and headed down the street. He chased the Bixby's house for a few blocks, but he couldn't catch it. When Mr. Bixby came home for lunch, the first thing he noticed was that the house was gone. <laughs> Luckily, one of the neighbors was able to tell him which way it went. <laughs> Mr. Bixby got in his car and went looking for the house. He studied all the houses as he drove along. Finally, he saw one that looked familiar. Billy and Mrs. Bixby were waving from an upstairs window. <coughs> Mr. Bixby climbed over the dragon's head, onto the porch roof, and through the upstairs window. 
How did this happen? Mr. Bixby asked. <laughs> it was the dragon, said Billy. There's no such thing, said <laughs> Mother. <laughs> there is a dragon, Billy insisted, a very big dragon, and Billy patted the dragon on the head. The dragon wagged its tail happily. Then, even faster than it had grown, the dragon started getting smaller. Soon, it was kitten-sized again. I don't mind dragons this size, said Mother. Why did it have to grow so big? I'm not sure, said Billy, but I think it just wanted to be noticed. There's no such thing as a dragon? Or is there? Now, let me ask you. What are the dragons in our lives? What, what does this parable represent? What sort of dragons are there? And what does it mean to have a dragon in your life? In this sense of this story, something that just wants to be noticed, acknowledged. What kinds of things are we talking about, Nathan? Adults can answer too, by the way. Oh, okay. Everybody, all right? Just, yeah. Go ahead, Nathan. Come back to you. Come back to you. I don't remember your name. Caleb. Caleb. Sorry, Caleb. What do you think? So um, I think it's that everyone has like a spirit dragon inside mm -hmm. here, and if if you're like cool, you know, like how the dragon was glowing. Um, if if you be nice to others, your dragon inside of you will start to grow, and people will start noticing you. Hmm. Noticing, okay. We get these get noticed, don't they? Our actions get noticed. Yeah. Something that's irritating you or fighting against you. nature. Something that's irritating you, Dodie. Financial debt. Debt can be something that needs to be paid attention to, but we might be ignoring it. That grows when we ignore it. That's a Really good point from the banker. A character weakness that we're ignoring. Yeah, and it's rearing its little head and it keeps coming up to be dealing with it. In itself, it could be relatively a small thing, but it comes to dominate, doesn't it, if it's not attended? Resentment or bitterness. Why was I think perhaps, and that's especially a challenge to some of us that are a little older, as we've got more to be a bit resentful about. More slights, more, more things, even with God sometimes. As an older Christian, one of the challenges is not to let our resentments or disappointments with God fester. But pay attention to those things in our life. Yeah, very good point. Does it come back to you? Um, um, kids trying to get attention and basically when parents just ignore their children 
because they keep asking for one thing. They, the, the children keep on going and going and going and going and keep on asking and asking and asking, just trying to get the attention and trying to so get the thing that they want. But in a Work out. But, but that's that's a, I mean that's a, a parenting issue, isn't it? Is, are we really paying attention to what's really going on? What our children are asking? Maybe what they're asking for isn't the actual real issue, but there's something there. Are we prepared to pay attention? Okay, great point. Thank you. Yes, Molly. Lies. Lies can start small, but right. Right. They start small, but once they start to the web starts to be built. Wasn't that something Shakespeare said about? The web of lies. Ah. Yeah, okay. Shakespeare had it right. Whatever he said. That's it. So, uh, oh, shaky. He knew what he was doing. Okay, anybody else? A couple more, maybe? Yeah, Jason. Yeah, elephant in the room. The elephant in the room. Something everybody knows is not being talked about. But it's there, right? What are we going to say? Sometimes our health as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So something small, you know, pay attention to it. You don't talk about it. Okay. All right. You know, it's not healthy to be obsessed about your health, but it's not healthy to ignore yeah. what your body's telling you when it's getting bigger than you'd like it to be, or heavier, or, or some other way. Uh, not healthy. Okay, very good point. Thank you very much. Haven't we all got dragons? Yeah. I mean, let me just ask you for a moment, and this is just for you to reflect, okay? But think about an area of your life that's providing you with the greatest sense of frustration at the moment. Something that's really, you don't have to tell us what it is, but just think for a minute. Something that really frustrates you. Something that annoys you more than it should, given what it is, right? It's not that big a deal, really, in the big scheme of things but it's really bugging you. And it could be in your marriage, it could be between a spouse and spouses, it could be between friends, it could be between uh, us as church members, it could be between parents and children, but something that's really bugging you more than it, in, a, in a sense it should. Maybe, maybe that's a dragon because it's already grown to bother you more than it, than it really needs to. And so it's it's one of those things that we need to pay attention to sometimes. And I wonder whether that's something where God, one of the ways God works is by allowing things to frustrate us and annoy us. And then it's up to us to pay attention. So with, uh, there's a few things here. Maybe here's some things to think about. At school, kids, maybe there's a bully that's giving you a hard time. Maybe, maybe it's time to deal with it in some way. You need some help to deal with that bully in your class or in your school because it's only going to get bigger, that whole thing. You know, the problem with that bully is going to get bigger, not smaller. You don't go and talk to someone about it. Maybe, maybe there's a bully. Maybe there's a teacher you don't get on with. No. <laughs> no, 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 I mean, present, present teachers accept we only have perfect teachers here today. But just on the off chance that you have an imperfect teacher. Is there a teacher you don't get on with? What are you, are you going to let that grow into something that makes you terrified and angry and dominates your school life? Well, what about at home, children, if you have a brother or a sister 
is that relationship okay? Or relationships, depending on how many there are, if you're making some house or dinnering house. Once you get more than one child, things start to multiply, right? Two, three, four, all these different relationships. How are we doing at home with our, our brother and sister? I know something that frustrates me. Go on. My brother. <laughs> well, there you go. There's something for you and to talk about you, Bill. Uh, what about those of us who have a dragon situation at work? You've got a boss that is a dragon. Or a work colleague. Or if you manage people, a supportive. Somebody that is not the situation isn't changing. Are you gonna deal with it? It's just gonna grow. Okay? Uh, if you're married, um, are you getting on with your in-laws? Is your in-law a dragon? No jokes about mothers-in-law here, okay? But are we are we talking about things? Are we dealing with it? Are we letting it grow and fester to the point where it just dominates our, our relationship? Look, I'm going to wrap up here, and then we're going to take communion. But I want to remind us that um, every all of God's people have always had to deal with some kind of dragon. They've had to deal with something that was scary. Something that threatened them. Whether you talk about Noah and the flood, whether you talk about Joseph and Potiphar's wife, whether we talk about Abraham trusting God for his promises and taking his son up the mountain to kill him at God's orders, whether we're talking about Joshua taking the people of God into the promised land into I mean, that's a scary situation to have to lead God's people. Whether we're talking about Jesus and his confrontations with the Pharisees, and even the way he had to deal with his own family, he didn't understand him, and he had to stay true to his mission that God had given him. Or the early church had to face their dragons when they were persecuted. I think particularly in Acts chapter 8, when a great persecution broke out against the church. And all except the apostles were scattered. All of them. And they uh, were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. What, what a dragon situation. Look how big it must have looked. How scary it must have felt. Now we don't really have challenges exactly like that. Our biggest problem today is whether we're going to meet in a house or in a school or whether we're going to get rained on or not. I mean, that, that's our biggest challenge for gathering. Right? But they had to face the dragon of if they gathered in Jerusalem, they would likely be imprisoned if not killed. You know, we, but we, we have our own dragons. As churches, sometimes relationships are a bit difficult. Decisions can be tricky. Personally, our relationship with God, we, we get to a point where we get a bit bored or we get a bit <coughs> bewildered. I mean, just, and the honesty of being honest about where we are. And then God takes us forward, because the treasure is where the direct dragon is. That's where the treasure is. When you're bored in your relationship with God, that's where the treasure is, because if you can figure that out, you can encounter it, deal with it, God will help you. If you're bewildered about what God is doing in your life, that's where the treasure is, because that drives you to God, to get the strength you need to deal with it. And for kids, you know, when you're at school and you're going through a tough time, that's actually where the treasure is, because you will grow through that. You will learn how God can help you if you pray and ask him to help you with your problems.
We've got to deal with our dragons, not ignore them, or else they get bigger. What happened to the early church was they were scattered, but they preached the word everywhere they went, and new churches <coughs> were started everywhere they went. And thousands upon thousands of people came to know God because of that dragon that they faced and they dealt with. So what do you, what's God calling you to face with faith in your life right now? Just think about that in your heart. So we think about the fact that, well, there's no such thing as a dragon. I, I don't think there's a dragon of that kind, but there are dragons. But they're not bad. They're not problematic. Well, they are problematic. They're not, they're not life-ending for us. Because where the dragon is, that's where the treasure is. Ultimately, the ultimate example of that is the cross. Jesus went to the cross. Why did he go there? Well, he trusted God and he loved us. That's why he went to the cross. And he faced that dragon, and out of that comes life for all of us. And the reason we're taking bread and wine today, which we will do in a minute, we've got little capsules which have bread and wine in them together, so you can take those in a minute. The reason we take the bread and the wine is to celebrate the victory over that dragon that Jesus had, that brings us peace and the joy and the security of our salvation. So why don't we pray for a moment here? We can be thinking about our dragons, thinking about Jesus and what he did for us. <coughs> then we'll take bread and wine. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you that there is no barrier to your power, that there is no, no th nothing you can't forgive. There's, there's no sin that needs to get in, our, in between us and you. We want to thank you that Jesus was willing to live amongst us and live our life and willing to go to the cross even though it cost him so much. Father, I pray that I pray you'll help us to be grateful for what Jesus has done for us. Grateful for his courage. Grateful for his faith. Grateful that he trusted you because he, he went to the cross so that we, we could come to know you. We could have the treasure of the kingdom ourselves, now and in the next life, because of Jesus facing his dragon. Father, as we take the bread and the wine, we pray that it will refresh our gratitude for you, <coughs> and we pray it will deeply remind us of what Jesus has done, and that that will help motivate us to face our dragons this week, and to help other people face theirs. We thank you for everybody here today, we thank you for bringing us together. We thank you for the children being with us too, especially. And we thank you for Uncle Frank and his long life of fruitfulness. And we pray him many more healthy years. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for all of the things that you do for us, have done, and will do. <coughs> In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.